0: Okay, so as the last part of this uh, set of videos, I want to talk about file formats, or more specifically about big data file formats, because they actually change how we access the data in, in HDFS or the Google file system and make this more efficient. And so in, in uh, HDFS, um, it's really kind of a problem is that we need to find the data in a particular location and Storing the raw data means we don't really know where to find what. And also, the raw data might require a lot of more data than we actually want to use for a certain amount of data, or we could be more efficient. Efficient. At the same time, if we want to somehow keep the data in a, let's say, relational format and compress it, then uh, we have to deal with evolving schemas, so the data somehow changes over time. Uh, in terms of schema, and we have different kind of storage uh, constraints. So, if we have a specialized file format, then we might have faster read times, faster write times, uh, because we can compress the data or allocate the data in a better way. We might have splittable files, so we can split up the files on different locations, and thus easier get to the right points in the data. Uh, We might have schema evolution support and some compression support. Let's look first at the common file formats in HDFS. And so, of course, text files would be something very similar. And this means we can encode everything or anything as a record, and any record will then be delimited with a new line char- character, which then says, okay, after the new line character, the new record starts. This is inherently spittable, but also can be only uh, compressed on file level. And this could also store any kind of other data, right? Can we just can we store JSON data, can store XML data. Um, Besides this, uh, this HDFS or MapReduce uh, and Hadoop also know sequence files which were designed for MapReduce and they encode key and values in a binary format. So this means that we, we know, okay, these are keys and values, but that the actual data is then in a binary format, so the, the encoding would be a bit uh, more space efficient, and it also comp- they also support block-level compression. But we'll always encode the, the, the key and the value in, like together. And in order to support more analytic workloads and, and more like relational data, um, Facebook at some point came up with the, the RC file. So the record column file uh, for relational tables. This was actually published in ICDE uh, 2011. And the RC file, um, yeah features fast data loading and uh, highly efficient storage space uh, utilization, and has uh, compression features and is uh, adaptive to dynamic data access patterns. And so it's really not only a file format, but it's also uh, like all of the tooling around. And this is true for all of these file formats. It's, It's the tooling around how to use them as well and how to encode them. And in order to understand what the RC file does, let's first look at row and uh, column oriented storage. So, and something like the sequence file is a row oriented storage. This means um, if we have a relational table or something that looks like relational data, we have different kind of attributes, and then we have for each attribute we have will have a row of values. So, in our relation here in the example, we have uh, attributes A, B, C, D. And then um, this could be, say, student ID, student name, um, semester count, and something else. And so then we'll have uh, the ID is one number, the name will, will be a number, et cetera. And one of these, like having one of this row, um, or in a, in a row-oriented storage, uh, one student will then be stored tightly in one file. So and this means that we're in a block in an HDFS block, actually we have some information about uh, the, the block itself and uh, some, the, the block length, et etc. And then the individual rows will be compressed in there if we say, for example, I have the sequence files. Now, if we want to access uh, one of the rows, that's fine, right? So we go to the right block, and then in there, we read until we find the right row, and we can read the whole row. But uh, it's not good if we're, for example, only interested in all of the student IDs, because then we still have to read the full block and, or the full at least the full row of a student. And uh, in order to mitigate this problem, there's also the columnar storage. And here the idea is that we split up uh, the relation according to attributes and store the individual attributes tightly in a block. And the cool thing about this is that then um, within an attribute, typically the attributes or the, the values are actually similar. So this means we can more easily compress them. They are also the same data type, which also which also makes compression much better. And uh, so then also if we're only interested in one column, then we only have to access one of the blocks rather than like all of the rows that we uh, are not necessarily interested in. Now the RC file combines these two ideas, so rather than storing the um, only the complete rows or only the complete uh, columns, what it does, it it splits up uh, the rows into row groups, so basically um, horizontally partitions the, the table, so we're just using a, a number of rows that will be uh, encoded or stored in one row group but the row group itself will then be stored in a columnar fashion. So here, if you look at this uh, example, we have um, the relation and we have the rows with the values in A from 101 to 105. And now the way this is stored is that actually this attribute A is stored as one row in the row group. So all of the the attributes A, all of the values in attribute A are stored next to each other, and this way we can read this information much faster and uh, can also compress them better. So here we have basically column groups inside the row group. And this is a, a common idea in database system, and it's also got some activity or, uh, in uh, the big data space, so similar file format. Uh, that was developed in the same way uh, as the so-called Orc file, um, so and that's been developed by HortonWorks and Facebook uh, and for uh, for Hive, and has basically very similar uh, features. So I just want to briefly mention it because this is something that you might also come across if you ever work with MapReduce and with Hive. So here, um, it's basically a, simple, a single file um, that would be output at each task of Hive and has, is more tightly integrated um, into, into Hive. So it has support for different data types uh, in Hive. So date, time, uh, decimal, and structs, etc. Has some lightweight indexes uh, within the file and the block mode compression, depending on the data. So, basically, we're splitting up the data into stripes. So, again, similar to the, the row group idea in the RC file. And then um, the index includes min and max values for each column and the row positions within each group. So, again, we have a columnar storage and we have pointers to where these columns start and end and the minimum and maximum values. So, if we do a query on this data, um, if uh, the it's not within the min and max, then we know we can already forget this stripe. Then the stripe footer contains metadata about the format, etc. The file footer, um, which is at the end of all stripes, contains the file metadata, and then uh, there are some compression parameters in the postscript, which is at the end of the file and the size of the compression the compressed footer. And uh, so this is very similar to the Rc file, but a bit more uh, elaborate in terms of the indexing. And shortly after the, um, the uh, Rc file was, um, was presented, uh, the, there was another file format, which is called Parquet, which is, was built by Twitter and Cloudera. And uh, here we also have the column-wise compression and different encoding techniques for different columns and uh, it's just a slightly different uh, file structure. So here we can see the parquet file structure, and this is actually used in Spark a lot, so we'll come to Spark in the, one of the next sessions. And um, so here you can see that basically again we have column groups and uh, then within them we have different kind of metadata that we can use in order to more efficiently read these files and know where um, or yeah, which data lies where, and how to in how to find the data quickly that we want. And besides these, so besides these file formats, uh, something that also happened is, uh, and I already said that this is it's not only uh, the file format itself, right? It's also the all the framework in order how to write and read these files and. Um, so they're integrated in the Hadoop system and the HDFS. And another system that is integrated is AVO, which is a serialization system for row-based storage format. So in this case, um, rather than, uh, so from a user perspective, essentially uh, we're really looking at a schema format here. So the, the file, uh, or in order to, to create such a format, we have to specify in a JSON format uh, the schema, and then the data is stored completely in binary. And so this uh, also has rich data structures and remote procedure call features, so we can actually uh, also connect to another server, and has um, integration with different kinds of languages. So we can, rather than reading the data just in records, Um, from the file system, we can actually also integrate this and work with the data on this in this JSON format. And here uh, you have a small example. So we have basically a namespace, then a type, um, and then we have fields. So this is really like the attributes in the relational table. And uh, AVO also supports schema evolution, so we might change uh, some parts on the of the, the schema, and it will store this information with the with the files, and it really relies on the schema. So you really need to specify this in order to use the files, and to use Avro. And then the basically what we can do is we can really in our favorite programming language we can access Avro um, just like we would do with a file system, um, but we don't need to do any of the file handling anymore. So we only do it through Avro, and we can see that then this is really written into a binary format. And with that, we're done with uh, the distributed file systems. So we, we talked about the basics of file systems. I went into a bit more detail about the X2 file system. Um, which, of course, today is a bit old, uh, but contains most of the the core ideas of file systems today. Then we talk more about the network file system, which is a distributed file system. Then the Google file system, which is the basis for data storage, especially large-scale data storage at Google. Um, The HDFS, which is the open source clone of the Google file system. Then another technique, of uh, reliability and fault tolerance, namely erasure coding, and finally some file formats that give you better performance um, for, for analysis. So this concludes the file system. On the next step, we'll talk more about, uh, or in the next part, we'll talk more about MapReduce. So we already covered this, but this is then really how we would use these files uh, formats um, in order to do faster analysis. And with that, thank you very much. I'm looking forward to your questions in Moodle, uh, per email, or in the Q and A sessions.